Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everybody, it's Greg Gutfeld. This is the one. Happy New Year. I know it's been a long time, but we're back and I'm excited to have this guest. Um, he's got a new book out. It's got it's a great title. Drug Use for Grown-Ups. Chasing Liberty in the Land of Fear. The author is Dr. Carl Hart. And he is probably one of the most honest uh People, I guess you could call him an advocate. He's probably the most honest advocate for the legalization uh, of all drugs, all drugs, not just that, oh, just marijuana, but definitely not heroin. He's saying all drugs, which is what I happen to agree with. Hey, Dr. Hart, how are you? It's great to be here with you, Greg, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank Well, thank you. You know, one thing I really liked about um, about your book is there's this one line in there. It's incredibly memorable. No one has ever said this. Drugs make me a better person. And you say that and it's like that's kind of an unspeakable truth that a lot of a, a lot of people will say that and be laughed at, but the fact is it's often very true, right? Yeah, um Certainly, the drugs can make you a better person. They certainly have helped me mm-hmm. be a better person. And I, let me just break it down sure. for you. I, I just think about something like MDMA. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I take that uh, if I take that drug with my wife, uh, she and I. Uh, it enhances my ability to be empathetic, open, uh, to be receptive, forgiving, uh, patient, all of those sorts of things. And and in that moment, in those moments. I have to think about like my actions mm-hmm. uh, on other people right. and what kind of negative effects of my actions has, has caused other people. And I have to reevaluate mm-hmm. and uh, I don't want my actions to produce negative effects in other people. I certainly don't want uh, my actions to cause other people to harm uh, their loved ones or anything of that nature. So I ha- uh, drugs like M- DMA helped me to uh, think about these things more deeply and take it very seriously. Mm-hmm. It's so in, in, in effect, they helped me to be a better person. Yeah. You know, and it's, it is kind of heartbreaking when you think about the lost potential of MDMA, given that it could have done so much for so many people over decades in terms of originally being used for, I, I think, uh, marriage therapy, marriage counseling, and then people got freaked out by it. But whenever something works, it gets banned. You know, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah when it's uh, when the drug, like young people uh, discovered the drug, a mm-hmm. number of people who we sometimes get afraid of, you know, yeah. youth kind of frightens us in this culture sometimes. And so as a result, uh, we have to ban the activity in, in which they are engaged in, or we have to put these unrealistic restrictions on, the, uh, on that activity uh, because it's associated with a certain group. That's what we do. Yeah, and it's it is um, it's kind of okay, uh, being devil's advocate. If if you say that, or if, let's say I say 
that drugs make me a better person. The problem with my assessment is that I might not be the best person to say I'm a better person. It's like when you talk about young people using drugs in their head, that drunk dude thinks he's the funniest guy at the bar. But he's actually alienating everybody around him. So it's kind of like you have to listen to the other people around you to tell you. I mean, it's their opinion. It's your wife's opinion of whether or not you're a better person or whether you're one of those drunk jackasses at the bar. I, I think other people's opinions are important, but they, yeah. they're not as important as the person. Yeah. The fact is, it's like, are you happy? Uh, that and you only you really can decide that 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 is paramount and mm-hmm. other people's sort of opinion of course is important and then you have objective knowledge or information like if someone says you know i'm drinking and i am the life of the party it wasn't for me this wasn't wouldn't be a good party there is objective information that you can use to evaluate that yeah uh, that's a fact and um fact is too some people are when they uh, <laughs> engage in drug using behavior, mm-hmm. but you know what? They are assholes without drugs True. too, and so um, um, it's it, it's part of it. it. We are people, and we are complex human beings, and so uh, we have to be careful about what we attribute uh, as the cause of that behavior. Mm-hmm. Now, um, here's another dev- devil's advocate question: um, advocating drugs is probably easy for you. Not easy, but it's okay. Let's just say it's easy for you and it's easy for me because we have a life that has built in safety nets. Uh, For example, I I always use the um, the rock and roll lifestyle uh, analogy that the rock and roll star can weather the rock and roll lifestyle, but all the groupies can't because they don't have the the hotel room paid for. They don't have the the money. So it's like, uh, is it dangerous to uh, advocate for a lifestyle that if if somebody makes one one mistake, they could lose their job uh, or they could ruin their lives. But you know, if you have a safety net, you could make any rich kid could be arrested seven eight times and have expensive lawyers and things like that. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And people that's a that's a common sort of a concern that people yeah. raise. Uh, but again, that doesn't that's not related to the drug. Right. Uh, for example, when we think about uh, um, uh, someone saying, uh, but you have this, this safety net. Uh, right. Well, let's just think about somebody like me. I'm a scientist. I have to be productive. I have all of these things that mm-hmm. uh, people are depending upon me. My family is dependent upon me. Right. A number of my community, a number of people are depending upon me. So I have to be uh, tremendously responsible. Um, and, and if I'm not, all of these people, they suffer as a result. And that bothers me. And But I know that I will meet my obligations because I have a lot of practice with meeting my obligation. And I understand the, the importance of meeting those obligations. And, and, and nothing will prevent me from meeting those obligations. And that if that means that my drug use has to be well planned out and it has, I have to set aside time. That's what I'll do. Just like I do when I go to see live comedy. I love live comedy, but I have to set aside time. I can't just do it anytime I want. Uh, Just like I do when I want to do any sort of activity. Uh, So it just becomes another activity. But then there are those people who say, yeah, I'm concerned about those communities, those people who are vulnerable. Well, if you're really concerned about those people, how about if you make sure that they have 
healthcare, right. jobs, employment, all of skills, all of these things. It it doesn't have this isn't about drugs. Yeah. And if you're really concerned about these people, how about you actually practice what the Declaration of Independence said we, that guarantees life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. As long as you don't bother anyone else, those are three birthrights that are guaranteed to you. Yep. How about we ensure that people have those birthrights? If you care about people in that way, they can make their own decisions mm -hmm. and I don't have to make decisions for them because exactly. I'm not qualified to make decisions for them. Yeah. It's a, I used the phrase a couple of years ago. I called it the right to relief because it drives me crazy that there are other people deciding what my right to oblivion or anxiety reduction is. For example, you, when you talk about setting aside time, which is exactly what a responsible person does. Uh, how about like the ritual of the martini? You know, the, you can you can look you can look up to that. Oh, look at the but the, he he's got all the all the uh, instruments to make the perfect martini. But if you replace that with a drug, they just call him an addict. But the fact is, if if you treat something kind, a, 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 as a set aside specific thing and not as something just casual, like um, you know, going out and getting wasted for the sake of getting wasted, that's a young person's thing. And I, I absolutely, I, I, but I, I told like what you're talking about is the is you have you should have the right to do this, and it really pisses me off. And I don't, I, you know, I don't. I'm gonna say I don't do a lot of drugs. I don't do a lot of drugs, though. I want to talk to you about an experience I had this last week. But anyway, I'm going off topic. To have people telling you how you can what you can do uh, to. Escape the difficulties or the pressures of life seems to me like a pretty heavy injustice. You know, you just hit it. You just hit it on the head, man. I mean, as a responsible person, someone who pays my taxes, mm -hmm. I care about my community. I care about the larger community. I care about this country. I try and do what I can to make it a better place for any everyone. And now somebody who has <laughs> less information, less knowledge yes. about this subject than I do. It's going to tell me that I can't engage in this behavior. Yeah. That it's, just blows my mind. Yeah. And, it, and you know what's funny? I am extremely curious about the information. So, like, whenever I see a death in the newspaper, this drives me crazy because another one happened this week. Um, a mild celebrity, like somebody from, uh, um, like, a reality show overdosed and died. And they, in the news, they never give you the actual information that you need to kind of inform the way you think. They always say it's a deadly cocktail. It's a dead, that's the phrase that every newspaper article works. So you never really know how Tom Petty died or Prince died, or I've, I've had right. a couple of friends that's of right. mine died from overdoses. It always turns out it's Xanax laced with fentanyl. But the news, right. the press never talks about that. It drives me crazy. The thing is, the, the, why that is so important mm -hmm. is because we are failing to educate the American public about what the real concerns are mm -hmm. so we can avoid them, so we can address them, mm -hmm. as opposed to just simply frightening the public. And that's the real concern. Right. All right. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. 
Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. For example, so you have you have this uh, so-called opioid epidemic uh, and and it and it puts it in people's heads that it has to do with these prescriptions when, in fact, because we've made something illegal, they're buying it on the street and there's no dependability. You can't you, there's no consistency or trust in the product. Uh, most people can't test the product when they buy it. It would be great if they could. But because they can't, they risk it. And that's how they get. That's how they overdose. And it's it's. I mean, we have, we're talking like oh, I think it was like eighty thousand people now in the last year. It went up because of COVID, yes. and yeah. I mean these are all preventable, and these aren't all like quote the kind of junk like quote junkies that you see on the street. These are people like Tom Petty, right? Yeah. I mean, we we've lost incredible performers due yes. to this. You know yeah. uh, that you're absolutely right, and. Um, this is such an easy, solvable problem, um, uh, easily solvable, because in, in, in Spain, in the mm-hmm. Netherlands, in Austria, in Switzerland, a number of countries, uh, what they do is they allow people to submit small amounts of a sample of their drug anonymously and have it tested for its complete chemical composition. And it also comes back with a printout uh, informing the person what's in it and what the substance does or doesn't do. That way, the person can decide whether to take it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, this technology is not that expensive. We have it in the United States. We just haven't made it available to our public. And so when I hear people saying that they care about some sort of opioid crisis without advocating for these free anonymous ju- drug checking services, then I know they're not serious about taking care of the public. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, there was a, and in the, pro, the Here's a, an example of why uh, – Legalization it would help so much, and it, I'm dealing with a uh, now a, a drug that's legal in some states, which would be marijuana. I've always steer clear to marijuana because I smoked it when I was a teenager when it was pretty weak. Like you're talking like the 70s, where you would buy a joint for a dollar from some kid in the schoolyard, and 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 you would think you were high, maybe you weren't, but but. At a certain point, the potency of the drug left me behind and I would smoke it and I would be like paralytic for, you know, to like yeah. three hours. So I knew better. But now I was like, so I was in California. So I was legally trying um, edibles and I took a small amount and it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, I was like, holy crap, um, this is really great. It, it, it felt like a it was about as close as you could get to an opiate as I as I, I, I could say. But then. I used the same thing again, nothing. And then I used the same thing again, and it was actually kind of bad. And I re- and so I, I do my research, and I find out that there, it all depends on the – like they could be inconsistent gummies inside a bag because the, yeah. the, they're not measuring consist- – the labs aren't measuring consistency. So it's even that – I mean it, 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 that's, a, that's kind of like a microcosm, I guess, of what happens with drugs when people are buying it without the testing. Yeah, no, you hit it on the head. We need this quality assurance. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, I mean, that's one of the things that uh, the, the federal government does uh, better than maybe the local folks are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but even we fall down there, but we try and do that with our foods and so forth. But 
without that quality control, that consistency, people run the risk of getting in trouble. That's the major concern. Yeah, exactly. It's incredible. I, you know, I, I, I was talking to my buddy who was a narcotics detective uh, about this, and his theory always was that the society could only handle like one mind-altering substance at a time, and they we somehow arbitrarily chose alcohol, which kind of screwed up all the other stuff. Like, if we had done opiates, right now, you and I would be sitting here debating why we can't get a good Chablis, right? It would, It's just like, you know, it's just kind of the, but I don't know if that's true, but it feels that way. I don't know. Yeah, you know, people like Thomas Jefferson, for example, he loved his opioids. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'd take his opioids and he could ride around his palatial estate. <laughs> uh, and he, he wrote about these kind of things. And um, uh, But the problem was that opioid use got associated with the Chinese mm-hmm. who had come over to help build the railroads and Americans uh, vilified them. Yeah. And so it was banned. Uh, the opioids were banned as a result. Uh, but alcohol is is a really it's an ideal uh, recreational substance that can be used orally because uh, the chemical properties of it it's so small uh, mm-hmm. it, it has essentially no blood brain barrier. So when you the amount that you drink in the bloodstream that's the same amount that's in the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, no other drug that we use recreationally produces such a nice uh, equilibrium. It's not the same way with, say, THC. Mm-hmm. THC is difficult to get into the brain. If you take it orally, you have to wait maybe an hour, an hour and a half before you start to feel the effects, whereas alcohol, you feel the effects immediately. So it's an ideal sort of oral recreational drug. But mm-hmm. these other drugs, we can figure out routes of administration that will enhance people's pleasure, people's ability to control the effects. We can figure this out, but we have to first stop acting like adolescents yes. and let's talk about these things uh, and, and share uh, with each other. And then we work these things out. Yeah. I, I, do you think that's going to happen in our lifetime? I mean, we're seeing cha- we're actually seeing some pretty incredible changes with, uh, you know, they're using uh, MDMA with PTSD and some other things. And I think special K for depression. And obviously there's medical marijuana. Um, but do you think they'll ever like uh, this actually is a, uh, gets to my other question about you are open about your heroin use. Do you think there will ever be a time that heroin will be legal? Uh, I don't know if it will ever happen in my lifetime, but you know, I am really bad at predicting these things. <laughs> like I was one, I was one of those people in the seventies and the eighties saying that, you know, I'll never wear a seatbelt. You know, we <laughs> won't be required to wear seatbelts. Yeah. So, uh, it, now it's not even something people think about. And I was one of those people who believed that we would always have people smoking in bars and restaurants. And then all of a sudden it changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. All I know is that uh, what I'm trying to do is live like the man I think I am. I'm trying to remind people of the promise of the Declaration of Independence. And uh, I'm trying to leave people alone to live their life as they see fit, as long as they don't bother other people. Uh, that's that's what I think of a good American, and I'm just trying to be a good American and well, a good citizen of the world. Well, you know, if I ever ran for president and I won, I would make you my Surgeon General. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you, and I can only serve under you because uh, I, I love your views. <laughs> um, one last, the other one last point, you uh, uh, that, uh, and then I'll let you go. I also do think that, like, 
everything about the substance has to do with um, how they're packaged and dispensed. It's like if you only could sp- – like if cigarettes didn't come in a pack of 20, but that was just one cigarette, it would be terrible. And I think that's what we – I think that's always been the problem with cocaine, heroin, all these drugs is that it's like if it, if it is packaged in a way that is amenable, you don't have a problem. It's like we don't – we don't t- drink a bathtub of gin. We buy little. You, you, you buy it in a bottle. You mix it, everything. It drives me crazy. We have the solution in front of us. Anyway. Oh, you hit it on the head, man. This is now you got me geeking out because you're talking about unit dose. Yes. And package that. That's exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're exactly right because if we take all of the nicotine that's contained in those twenty cigarettes, yeah. Um, that it that would be toxic yes. to an individual. <laughs> nicotine is one of the most toxic substances known to humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and but the way we package it, the unit dose enhances the safety of this uh of this drug right uh we can do the same thing with heroin or anything else we know this yeah exactly and it it i don't know it it drives me crazy because why for nicotine and not for other things it makes no sense to me or caffeine for example it's like you can drink a pot of coffee and everything's fine but if you were just to start pounding caffeine pills or snorting caffeine you would probably have some pretty bad heart heart effects but you know absolutely we, anyway i know absolutely. i'm going crazy absolutely i love your book um drug use for grown-ups you have to come and do the tv show after we're uh, you know after, when this covid stuff dies down and uh, have you on as a guest on the show because uh, i think you'd have a, hey, a, a, a great time I, I, man, I love your views on this topic. Man, I love to talk to you further anytime. You just hit me up. I'm there. You got it, buddy. Thank you so much. And uh, All right. uh, wish you success on the book. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch.